From high atop Rocky Road in Moab, Utah, it's KZMU News. I'm Molly Marcello. This is your news for Monday, December 6th. December has arrived, but in much of the West, snowfall has not. Snowpack numbers in every part of the Colorado River Basin are lower than average for this time of year. KUNC's Alex Hager has more. In most parts of Utah, Arizona, and New Mexico, snowpack is only around a quarter or a third of normal. Numbers are a little better to the north, where much of Colorado and Wyoming have about half as much snow as normal. Climate scientists say there's plenty of time left for conditions to improve, but they're watching these totals closely. Low snowpack means more than just meager skiing. It can have serious repercussions for the Colorado River. Water that supplies 40 million people throughout the southwest starts as winter snow in the Rockies. As the basin endures more than two decades of drought, cities and farms throughout the region can't afford another dry winter. I'm Alex Hager. Healthcare reform advocates in Utah are pressing the U.S. Senate to approve the Build Back Better Act. They say it would improve Medicaid and CHIP, the children's health insurance program. Mark Richardson, with our partners at the Public News Service, has this report. The bill has already passed in the House. It would offer 12 months of continuous coverage to children who qualify for Medicaid. It would also require states to extend Medicaid postpartum coverage from 60 days to 12 months for new mothers. Jesse Mandel with Voices for Utah Children says the bill would smooth out the bumps Utah families have faced in getting their kids insured. It will help reverse the trends that we've seen in terms of kids losing insurance over the last few years. It really will just absolutely change the trajectory for children's health insurance in our state and give kids the coverage and care they need to thrive. According to Utah CHIP officials, families of four earning $53,000 a year or less are eligible for affordable health coverage through the program. Opponents of the Build Back Better Act say the almost $2 trillion price tag is too costly. Mandel points out that Build Back Better would permanently fund CHIP so it wouldn't have to be renewed in Congress every few years. It also would make it easier for Utah and other states to expand eligibility. Disruptions in coverage impact kids' overall health outcomes. Having the 12-month continuous eligibility provision in Build Back Better would really be a dramatic change for kids here in Utah. The report, co-authored by Joan Alker with Georgetown University Center for Children and Families, finds during the early Trump administration years, one in ten children experienced a break in insurance coverage over the course of a year. These gaps in coverage were more common for Latino children and black children, and 50% of children who had a gap in coverage did not see a doctor for the entire year that we looked at. As of May 2021, Utah had enrolled a total of 415,000 individuals in Medicaid and CHIP, a net increase of 41% since 2013. I'm Mark Richardson. That report comes from our partners at the Public News Service. Many towns in our region are under pressure to enact solutions to the affordable housing crisis. But how might college life fit into this particular puzzle? Durango's Fort Lewis College has seen one of the largest increases in their freshman class in years. That's straining on-campus student housing at a time when they're also facing workforce housing issues for faculty and staff. Sarah Flower with Rocky Mountain Community Radio reports on possible housing solutions for students and employees. What comes to mind is like definitely, you know, find like the access to housing. But it's like even when you do... Students at Fort Lewis College voice their concerns to the administration and local elected officials about housing issues on and off campus, a topic the college says has been on the forefront of their agenda. 
Steve Schwartz is the chief operating officer and vice president for finance and administration at the college. He says prior to COVID, the college hired a firm to do a demand study to assess affordable housing needs for faculty, staff, and students. That project was halted due to the pandemic. Now, Fort Lewis is picking up right where they left off. As part of Phase 1, they've hired Project Moxie, the same affordable housing company the city of Durango is using. Schwartz says they're in the process of looking at how to get out of this housing crisis. We've come up with a kind of a three-pronged solution. One would be to construct faculty staff housing on campus. Another one would be to enter into a, a mortgage assistance program. And then the third one, which I think is actually the most exciting one, from my perspective, is certainly the solution that is unique maybe in small mountain communities is working with our regional partners to develop a solution. Those regional partners include the city of Durango, Durango 9R School District, and La Plata County. Schwartz feels strongly that this housing dilemma is not one that the college can solve alone. Instead of reinventing the wheel, Schwartz says that the college is looking at different programs across the country that have worked at other higher education institutions, like Colorado University and their mortgage assistance program. Jen Lopez, president of Project Moxie, is working with faculty to assess their needs and hear ideas around what would work best for them. I have a faculty advisory group that I meet with that's been guiding the process. This was what we consider a phase one, just understanding sort of the landscape of what's happening and how the challenges around housing for the college, how it's being experienced in the community, but also the opportunities. So yes, we have a problem. What are some of the solutions directly for the college and directly for the community? And mostly, how do we start leveraging resources across the community? Part of that leverage for Fort Lewis College is building on land that they already have. Schwartz explains ideas that the college has that would be more viable for the future of the institution. Longer term, what we're looking at is creating more apartment living on campus because that's really, really where we're seeing the need on campus. We believe that we have enough residence hall stock is where our freshmen live. But it's really our upperclassmen that are now coming back and saying, hey, I want to live on campus. In the past, those students many times would have preferred to live in town. Now with the the tightness in town in terms of housing availability, they've come back and said, you know, we really want to live on campus. But we're a little behind the eight ball in terms of building that capacity. So we've identified plots of land where we can build apartment complexes kind of on the east side of campus. That is our next step, and we're actually going to be starting to move on that into the the spring semester. This semester, the college is renting out over 100 units at a La Quinta Inn hotel and has roughly 60 units at 1304 apartments in town. Fort Lewis is also entering phase two of the process, which is hiring a college representative that would be the interface between Fort Lewis and the developer, which Schwartz is hopeful they will hire, by the end of the year. The end goal is, I would like to say, within 18 to 24 months period, we would actually have something that would be habitable. In between there, you'd see it coming out of the ground and you know working through it. Big challenge is going to be just working out the contractual aspects of this. Reporting for KSUT News, I'm Sarah Flower. This story is part of a Rocky Mountain Community Radio reporting collaboration on affordable housing, funded by the Solutions Journalism Network. 
And that's the KZMU News for Monday, December 6th. Get your community-powered journalism Monday through Friday at noon and 7. You can also find KZMU News anytime online at kzmu.org or wherever you listen to podcasts.